Chapter 75 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 75 the attempted assassination of Dr. Juno by Nancy Clover caused a terrible public wrath. Had General Armington not interfered, the naturalist would have lynched the indomitable Nancy Clover, but he exclaimed, "'Do not harm the poor wretch, but let her receive an ordinary trial by court-martial, which will give her all she deserves. In the meanwhile we will send her to prison, until we see the result of the wounds which she has inflicted on Dr. Juno.' Sir, you are a gentleman, even if you are my enemy, and I thank you for this courtesy to one who would scarcely have done as much for you," said Nancy Clover, really looking grateful at the general. And if it is not asking too much, may I be permitted to say a few words in my own behalf? I have no objections. But to be candid with you, I must assert that you had better not enrage these people too much as I might not be able to control their just indignation, when you might fare much worse than if you had remained silent. They all consider you guilty, therefore any denial or excuse for this dastardly act would surely add flame to the fire. But use your own discretion," kindly said the General. "'Well, General, I will speak to you in the presence of all that are here assembled, and say that I am not guilty of the crime with which I am accused. Silence! Impudent ignorant ingrate!" shouted two stentorian voices, which interrupted her speech, and one of them added, "'You serpent, liar, and assassin! How can you have the audacity to make such remarks in our presence, when you were just told by our kind-hearted general to be cautious how you insult us? Do you take us to be fools or cowards, thinking that you can throw dust into our eyes, because the noble Christian of the house has been lenient with you, and on account of respect to him we have desisted from summarily dispatching you?" A dash for her was made by men, who almost tore her limb from limb, when she screamed vehemently, "'General! Oh, General, save me!' "'Please desist for a moment!' exclaimed the General, which they did at once, when he continued addressing the assassin. "'Have I not told you to be cautious? Why did you not heed me?' and, turning toward his guests, added, "'I really would rather not see violence used upon this woman in my house. Not that I think she does not deserve instant death, but I dislike to have my residence made a scene of even just shedding of blood.' "'Then let us take her away from your premises, far enough away, and there do our sworn and imperative duty,' ejaculated an indignant naturalist, whose cry was sanctioned by a general, "'Amen!' to which General Armington said, "'Still, the principle would be the same if you acted so in this house. Permit an escort of our brave soldiers to conduct the doomed woman to prison.' "'Then she shall be led out on bail,' interposed a Herculean voice, to which several said, "'That's so.' "'I move,' said Maria Wilson, into whose pocket the assassin put the pistol, "'that we send her to prison.' and leave her to the just indignation and scorn of the whole people, 
and that the whole truth be published in our daily papers tomorrow. "'You are right,' said General Armington, and this seemed to pacify the entire company present, and Nancy Clover was conducted to Moyamensing Prison and closely locked up. The newspapers had a correct statement of what had occurred largely displayed in their local columns, and the reformatory journals had made scathing editorial remarks, whilst the orthodox press simply published the local report as handed to them by the naturalists. The spirit of furious war was now infesting the atmosphere, and large groups of all sorts of people were found to congregate in the streets, who discussed both sides of the question. A few made reckless remarks to the effect that it served him right, meaning Dr. Juno, which were immediately resented by fist, knock-down arguments, which made the sympathizers with the conspirators rather more cautious in their public expressions. The followers and friends of the bloody conspirators, who had been domineering for many centuries, and claimed license almost from heaven to usurp every power on earth, were sorely chagrined at the onslaught that was being made upon their kind in successive successful attacks, that they now came to a sense of positive danger to their whole fabric of sectarianism, hence they were being unanimously aroused throughout the country. Telegrams were sent all over the states, requesting the equipment of the saints, politicians and worldlings, who agreed with orthodox and unphysiological customs and doctrines, which was the only panacea for the subjugation of the poor, the working trash, who were led on by this Victor Juno and who were infatuated with the teachings that this bold innovator presented to the masses. When the bone and sinew of the land, the sovereign people, saw that the bigoted sectarian and rotten political spirit was running rampant, they too laid their heads together and the various secret societies throughout the United States held special business meetings, where all the arrangements for a civil war were made, without a single sectarian or politician knowing anything about it. Hence the conspirators all over the land were of the opinion that when they once commenced to resist the naturalists by war, the latter would soon be subdued and forever silenced. But, alas, what a great mistake this presumption of the elect proved to be! End of chapter 75